From WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Close to Home, the podcast that explores the people, issues, and institutions in the Catskill Mountains, the heart of small-town America. I'm your host, Leif Johansson. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you live in the Catskills, or really any rural area for that matter, there is a good chance that you have a troubled relationship with your internet service. As of 2016, which is the most recent data I could find, about 2,800 Sullivan County residents, or about 3.7%, didn't have access to any sort of high-speed internet. In Ulster County, it was about 6,000 people, or 3.3% of their population. Now, this might sound pretty good. More than 96% of people in both Sullivan and Ulster counties have broadband access. But as you might know from personal experience, paying for high-speed internet and actually having consistent, functioning, high-speed internet can be two very different things. And that is why we're talking about rural broadband today. As you may know, there are essentially two main ways that you can receive broadband service in your home or your business. You can either have a cable that carries internet service directly into a building, or you can have a receiver that picks up some sort of wireless signal, usually from a satellite. Spectrum, which is the largest internet provider in New York State, is a cable company. Of course, the problem with any internet that's available via cable is that, well, you have to have a cable. And putting up internet cable is expensive. For a lot of homes that aren't in close proximity to centers of population, It can just be cost prohibitive to run miles of cable for only one or two customers. For those folks that are living up in the hills or on quiet back roads, something like HughesNet or Viasat might be the only option for high-speed internet. But a lot of satellite companies have data limits, and the service can be slow or intermittent. I suspect I'm not alone in my thinking that unreliable internet really just isn't acceptable anymore, no matter if we live in town or on a farm miles away. I think it's been especially highlighted during the pandemic that broadband as a utility is now just as important as electricity or water for most of us. This is a conundrum that rural areas across the country are struggling with. If you can believe it though, Sullivan County, New York is establishing itself as a national innovator on the broadband issue. So today I'm sitting down with Lauren Green, the Commissioner and Chief Information Officer for Sullivan County Information Technology Services to learn more about the Wireless Broadband Access Project. I'm curious how you would rate the development of broadband access in general, not just through the county's initiative, but generally in Sullivan County on a one to 10 scale, 10 being it's it's perfect. Everyone has high speed internet. One being not a single darn person has high speed internet and we can't figure out how to make this work. It depends on whose definition of broadband and high speed internet you use. If you use the FCC's definition, they'll claim a hundred percent. If you use reality and what we know, it's probably somewhere in this 60 to 70% range. Really? So yes. wh- wh- why the discrepancy there? Well, the, uh, the FCC defines broadband as, tw- I think it's 25 megs down and 3 megs up. And that's what they consider broadband. 
Um, but in this day and age, in a household with multiple people, you know, Zoom for teleeducation, any telehealth, telework situations that come up, it's it's just not enough. But their definition is is sorely under what it needs to be in order to provide adequate bandwidth to supply and take care of today's needs. Just to give us a better sense of what 25 uh, megs down, three megs up means, for example, to run this Zoom meeting right now, you know, what do you think we'd be looking at in terms of the... Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know that. Um, okay. I, do know that my, I do know that my Roku device plugged into my TV at home routinely connects at 45 meg. Okay. So when I've got a Roku device connecting at 45 meg and the FCC is considering, you know, high-speed broadband 25 meg, there's a huge discrepancy right there. Right. I'm and demanding 100% more than what they would consider broadband. Right. And if, if you're running the Roku at 45 megs, someone else in your household could also be trying to study or, or watch a YouTube video or something. And Correct. that's Correct. just going to add on top of that, right? Or, or have a second television with another Roku device. You know, it just, it just, they keep adding up. So going back to the 60 to 70% number for Sullivan County, historically, what's been the methods of kind of tackling this problem? Well, there hasn't been any anything that tackles on the wireless broadband side at all. Okay. Um, you either get you either get what you get from land based uh, cable, or you get what you get through cellular service via you know Verizon, AT and T, etc. As far as a dedicated wireless broadband initiative, there's been a lot of studies over the past 15 years, and not a lot of action has been taken. Hmm. And we had an opportunity under another project where we were introduced to this. And it was like, wow, we can leverage our infrastructure and we can make it happen. So in building the new jail, we had a need to create the jail as a data island to where no matter what happened in the outside world, they'd still be able to function. Hmm. So we, we created an over-the-air wireless point-to-point between the government center, the new jail, and our main data center out at the airport. We created an over-the-air wireless bridge. That in wow. the event ground-based fiber went down, they'd still be able to communicate for data and telephone purposes over the air via the wireless bridge. So when we did that project, um, I was lamenting about the fact that I had a bunch of other locations that I wish I had had line of sight to that I'd like to be able to do wireless communication for to get rid of the higher cost fiber that we're paying for to connect a lot of our other offices. We have five or six locations around the Monticello area, which then that led the conversation go, oh, you don't need point-to-point anymore. It's LTE-based, same as cell, um, same as a cell phone kind of an infrastructure, and you can broadcast wirelessly, and as long as you're within signal reach and range, you'd have data communications for the county's network. And then once that infrastructure is in place, the huge benefit to that was you'd be able to leverage that infrastructure and offer broadband internet access to the public. That's how this was born. You mentioned this this fiber cable. I'm assuming we're talking about like a, a fiber optic cable. Normally when those are run to provide businesses, households, whatever, with high-speed internet, do those get run underground? Is this a just a massive, no, expensive on, project? No, it's on telephone pole. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the cable and any fiber imp- infrastructure is run like a regular utility line on the same on the same poles that electricity runs on. Okay. So in the event of ice storm, tree down, telephone pole goes down, 
the land-based fiber or cable communications um, can be interrupted because of the fact that some natural or man-made disaster has taken out a line, needs to be repaired, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. I see the the impetus for this project then being that we have telephone cables getting knocked out all the time in storms. Right. So the county has 10 emergency communications towers that were put up in the mid, uh, I think it was in the 2012 to 2015 range. Hmm. So the county owns those towers. Um, And for wireless broadband antennas to be mounted on those towers that the county already owns, um, we're leveraging existing infrastructure. We don't have the expense of having to build a tower. Um, and those 10 towers that the county currently u- utilizes for emergency communication services that will then be used for this will cover about, that's where the 60 to 65% of the county comes into play. And that's phase one, because mm-hmm. that's the backbone of the infrastructure. They will provide the most potential subscriptions up front. And then revenue from those subscriptions will be used to fill in the remainder of the county with a goal and objective of being in that 80 to 85 percent range by the end of 23, uh, 2023. Um, but the ultimate goal is to to have 100 percent coverage moving forward. So the county will have to put up more towers all over the place in order to make this work, right? It's well, not just no, going to be no, those 12. No, not necessarily. Yeah, you can put up towers if you need to. Um, if there's some shared infrastructure reason for it between public works, public safety. Um, the wireless broadband project, sure. Uh, but when we get into the ancillary areas uh, to fill in the gaps, we can rebroadcast signal from a church steeple, for example, from the second floor roof of a two-story school. It gets very specific and, and more granular at that point when you're trying to fill in those areas that we don't serve with the major infrastructure. Um, we've had some talk about, uh, partnering with, uh, the library system in order to be able to broadcast from the library properties hmm. to fill in those gaps that we know are going to exist from the main backbone infrastructure. So it doesn't have to be a tower. It can be very, very specific. It can be from the top of a telephone pole. Um, it just depends on, and, and this is our biggest challenge. It depends on foliage and terrain as to where you need to fill in with those smaller broadcast um, solutions in order to be able to get full coverage. And I suspect, though I I don't know, that that 20-30% of the county that's not getting much connection at all to broadband right now is probably in some of the more difficult terrain areas of the county because Correct. it's maybe just more expensive to run cables and whatnot over mountains. Right, and the and the biggest the biggest challenge is is the western corridor, and then across the north, uh, heading over towards the east a little bit. So mostly you're talking about the Delaware and the Catskill Park region. Mm. Those are the most difficult because of the terrain. Yes. So would it just require more of these transmitters going up yep, on more, different buildings and whatnot? More more subsites and more locations to get the coverage necessary to make it all happen. Yes. So the signal that is actually being transmitted here is it essentially like four or five G or is it, if you were to connect to it, would you actually be connecting like via your Wi-Fi network connector on no. your, your device? No, there, what, there'll be antennas on the tower that'll transmit the signal. And then there'll be a receiver at the, the residence, which they call mm. customer presence equipment. So, and that receives the signal. And then you bring that signal in the house and rebroadcast it via a wireless router 
and you'd have wireless within the house. Or you could cable connect to your to your router at the same time. It's very similar to have like with the satellite companies, you have the HughesNet satellite dish outside to receive the signal. There'll be a small device, I think it's about 15 inches square, that gets mounted on the house within range of the tower. Um, and that's what receives the signal from the tower, and then it gets transmitted inside. So something like HughesNet, um, or what, Viasat, is that another one? Those are both satellites, one. right? Correct. So how is what the county is working on going to be better or, or unique from these satellite options that you could theoretically get access to anywhere? Uh, cost. Hmm. Cost is a huge hindrance on the satellite side. Um, and they also have data caps that they impose on their customers. Um, and what we're proposing is 200 meg service. There's no data cap. Um, and we're looking to be at or below current land-based fiber rates once we get everything established. So it'll be a huge cost savings at 200 meg service, which development is underway right now. And it'll be a software upgrade to do 400 meg service moving forward um, all over the air at a lower cost than what most subscriber-based services would charge now without being more specific. And just a software upgrade to make it faster in the future? Because I, I suspect Correct. as we rely more and more on technology, we're going to need faster and faster uh, data in the future. Absolutely. It's, it's just, it's going to be a matter of a software upgrade. It won't be a hardware upgrade at that point. So what sort of maintenance will these transmitters and whatnot that are being put up all over the place going to require? Once this goes up, you said around 2023 that that it's that it looks like a lot of this will be online. Is it going to be planned. costly it's, to keep it going? No, it's planned. I mean, there's there's monitoring and maintenance that goes along with it. There's annual checks that need to happen. The hardware itself, the antennas, um, designed designed for a 25-year lifespan. Hmm. Um, but we're looking at a 10 year as far as our budget goes. Um, and the thing is, is you don't know what technology might exist moving forward that might require a hardware upgrade just because the existing hardware can't handle the new, whatever is available. Um, so we're planning on a 10 year, um, but the hardware is technically designed for a 25 year lifespan. So where is the project at right now? You said in the next couple of years, this should be up and running and available to folks. How is it going right. at so, this point? So right now, the, the county provided the seed money for the tower at, the, uh, at Monticello, the tower that's behind the jail. Um, so we are, antennas are installed. Um, we've got our enclosure at the base. We've got our electric service. We've got our fiber service. We've got some of the equipment installed. Uh, there's a couple of other pieces of equipment that we need to acquire, get installed and configured, testing to be done, and we should be ready to broadcast signal. So I'm going to say at this point, we had originally shot for quarter one of 2021, but COVID has kind of slowed down progress a little bit. Um, hoping at sometime in that, that April, maybe early May timeframe. 
Oh, so um, this so is Monica. coming right up. Well, yeah, for the, but that's just for the one out of the 10 towers. Right. Um, there's two other towers that we are proposing to construct. Uh, one of them is in Liberty. The other one is down by the, uh, by the solid waste facility uh, in order to broadcast on lower Broadway. And those two towers, grant funding has been obtained. Um, we're in the process of going through all the preliminary site work uh, that's necessary to get it approved so that we can erect the towers. Uh, so there's two tower, two more towers. That'll be three total. Um, and then emergency services is also putting up a tower in Rock Hill uh, up behind uh, Crystal Run. And that tower will be available uh, for us to be able to put stuff on uh, in the not too distant future. This year is pretty much infrastructure. Next year, I see a lot of hardware installation and being able to roll things out uh, a little more quickly. Uh, and that'll be 22. And then 2023 is when it should all kind of explode and we can get into the ancillary locations uh, in the rest of the county. So it's a three to five year project. When this first tower is coming online in the next month or two, will people living near that tower be able to get access to this? Or is this just for testing purposes? Uh, it's initially for testing. And then I'm, I'm thinking that towards the middle of this year, we should be ready to have um, subscriberships off that tower in Monticello. So yes, it'll be this year for that tower, as far as having service available to the public. As more and more people, if more and more people are choosing to subscribe to this instead of whatever their current cable or satellite packages mm -hmm. might be, and you then eventually maybe have thousands and thousands of people using this system, would we expect everyone to still get that 200 megs speed? Or yes. is it just like other types of systems where as more people get on, it gets slower and slower? No. At that point, you you take whatever your subscribership is, whatever the antennas can handle, whatever the bandwidth that you've originally supplied to the tower um, is, and you just increase it exponentially to cover the load. So no, the intent is not you start at 200 and you're going to end up at 55 years from now. Um, the system would be designed to anticipate and accommodate the demand as the demand rises. So no, that's not our intent. No, not our intent at all. When this is available to, to people all over the place, how would subscribing to it work? And it, do, do people pay monthly for a subscription to, to have access to this? It would be a monthly, just like you're paying now for whatever internet access you have at your house. Now it would be monthly. Um, there's going to be a call center set up. You you call up, make your appointment if you want to have service. Um, schedule someone to come out to install the customer presence equipment. That gets installed, set up, tested, ensure that it's working, and you're you're good to go and off to the races at that point. So it's really not much different a process than what you would currently experience with whatever carrier you're currently using. And the plan right now is to have this just continuously run by the county, not by a separate private company? No, the county the county owns the infrastructure, and then the local development, the Sullivan County Broadband Local Development Corporation, that's who's managing and distributing, and I guess selling the signal, if you will. So it's not really the county that's selling this, this signal, it's the county that has the infrastructure, and the LDC is the one managing and selling the service. And the broad, this Broadband Local Development Corporation, this just recently got started, right? Yes, November. So it sounds like at some point there's going to be a whole 
team of folks that are going to be working on this to do well, all the selling and whatnot. There already are. There already are. There's a seven-member mm-hmm. board um, that is currently um, RFPing for marketing and advertising. Uh, we're RFPing for 24-7 uh, management and maintenance, which includes you know, uh, subscribers, installation of the customer presence equipment, monitoring and maintenance of the tower infrastructure and the antennas that are on it, uh, troubleshooting, uh, support calls, uh, invoicing, billing, all that, that's, we're currently RFPing for that. So there's, there's a lot of activity and work going on in the background right now to get this thing established, set up and, and running. And I apologize for my, my ignorance here. What, what's RFPing? Oh, uh, request for proposal. I'm sorry. Got it. Got it. Okay. So has there been response from other private providers to this project? I suspect that this might be making um, various other internet service provider companies maybe a little nervous because it sounds like your goal here is really to outcompete them. Uh, you know, our goal and objective is is not to compete with the Verizons, the Spectrums, the AT and Ts of the world. Our goal and objective is to provide affordable broadband, actual broadband internet service to those areas that we know don't currently have or only have access to one game in town. Um, Are they nervous? I really don't think that they are. We're going to do what we're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. And the the goal and objective is to not compete with them and to steal service away. Because the reality is, and I've said this since the beginning, if our project spurs their fear, if you will, of losing a potential subscriber to expand their service into areas that don't currently have service, I'm perfectly fine with that because the bottom line in the end is that the constituent and the end consumer who lives at that location that didn't have it before has it now. So if, if, we, if we spur the wheels of technology advancement throughout the rest of the county um, by what we're doing, that have at it. That's, that's fine with us. So you see this as rather than competing directly, but as of right now, filling in the gaps. We're filling, that's our intent is to fill in the gaps um, and to use, and if people choose to use the service over another provider, you know, it's, it's a consumer based, you can choose whatever, you know, model car you want to drive, what kind of milk you want to drink, what kind you know what I mean? It, it's, it's choice. And in some places there is no choice. We're going to be able to provide a choice. And then the service will have to live up to the hype and we will be on the hook for and to the consumer um, to perform. And I don't personally get involved in projects that are going to fail. (laughs) (laughs) So this wireless broadband access project, uh, obviously the idea is to keep it relatively inexpensive and affordable to consumers across the county. Is Correct. this projected to be something that brings in money to the county government? In the end, um, the in- yes. How much that will be and what will happen with it is... And I guess by brings in money, I, I do mean eventually turns a profit. <laughs> well, it, it generates revenue. Okay. It, it gen- I, I don't like to call it a profit because we're not a, a for-profit corporation. Got because it. we're a not-for-profit, it's, it's excess revenue, if you will. Once you're done with all of the expenses involved with um, providing 
the bandwidth at the at the fiber level, uh, maintenance on the tower infrastructure. Uh, you're paying for once you pay for all those expenses, anything any revenue above and beyond that is then open for what happens to it. Um, and I think the intent of, at this point is that that it would go back to the county. And then what the county does with it from that point is whatever legislature and county management's responsibility moving forward from there. But yes, the intent is, is that it would be a revenue generator. Is there a projected time frame as to when all those initial costs will be paid off and it will start generating revenue? Obviously, I know that's dependent on how many people are subscribing to it, but Correct. is there... Is there currently a thought? Yeah, everybody's been very, very, very um, conservative in their projections. Hmm. And I see if everything keeps rolling the way it's supposed to, um, by the end of the second year, we'll be in a position where there'll be revenue to talk about. Wow, that's pretty fast. Yeah, the first year year is getting off the ground and getting everything rolling. But once the ball starts rolling by the, the end of year one, um, year two is pretty, it rolls pretty quick and then it should just keep growing from there. Wow. So yes, by the end, by the end of year two, I see that there's the potential for a significant revenue conversation at that point. Is this a project that has happened elsewhere in parts of rural America that you know of? Because it sounds pretty unique. It is, it is unique. Um, there is not in New York state. Um, there is one community in, I believe it was Illinois, and I don't have it off the top of my head, um, but in that upper Midwest um, that did something similar. Uh, but it is a unique project, yes. There's been a lot of talk, state and federal level. They've been 15 years studying and talking about making something happen, and nobody's been making anything happen. They have a lot of money for studies, but they don't have a lot of money to actually make it happen. Make it happen um, specifically here in Sullivan or just generally? You mean? Oh, just generally. That, that's mm-hmm. a general statement. That's, that's nationwide. Um, so when, when our point-to-point wireless project for the jail turned into a conversation about LTE-based wireless broadband on a subscription-based um, model for the, the average resident of the county, that just, that just opened. And the fact that we have the 10-tower infrastructure that's already in place and we don't have to build towers ourselves – or pay lease fees for you know commercial cell towers that exist, et cetera. That gave us the backbone and the basis for this thing to just take off and fly. So it is it is unique. We are unique even in New York State and in the region in that we own the tower infrastructure. Hmm. Um, we don't have to negotiate leases on towers. Um, we don't. It's they're just ours. So we're hanging equipment and making it happen. So it is it's unique in a lot of a lot of different ways. I have to say, because of course, when you talk about it, it sounds reasonable. You know, it sounds like, well, of course, this makes sense. Like this, this, this should Correct. be happening. <laughs> but, right. but to hear that we're we're the first in the state to be doing it is pleasantly surprising. And we've got a very receptive legislature at this point in time um, that understands the understands the project, understands the need. Um, I will say that that COVID helped highlight the need. Hmm. Um, from a telework, telehealth um, standpoint, a teleeducation standpoint. Um, so COVID did help highlight the need and, and progress this forward. But there's, there's, there's a very good legislature in place right now that understands what it can do, what the need is, and is dedicated to making it happen. All the stars are aligning, if you will. Yeah. I don't want you to get too far into speculation here, but if, it, if not for COVID, do you think the timeline would be 2023 for this really coming online? 
I believe that, yes, I do believe that that still would have happened. I think COVID has just helped accelerate and highlight um, how big the problem actually is. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's progressing because of COVID, but COVID certainly did help highlight and justify why we're doing this project. Have you been getting phone calls from other parts of the country saying, Hey, I heard about what you're doing. How can we get in on something like that too? Not, not quite the country yet. I did get a couple of calls out of New York city. Okay. Um, and there have been some other, um, just in my regular day to day job, um, I belong to, and I'm a board member of the New York state local government IT directors association. Um, and s- we get together in the mid Hudson Valley on a monthly basis and have a conversation about trials and tribulations and what we've been going through. So there's been some inquiry from some of the, the local, uh, IT directors and CIOs in the Hudson Valley that, that know me and they've asked about. So, um, but no, I think, I think it's really going to garner more, uh, attention, if you will, once we go live and start bringing on subscribers. Once that happens, then I think there'll be more, more outside inquiry, if you will. Green, thank you so much for coming on the program. Um, I hope that we can touch base again as the the date for all this coming online gets closer and uh, you know see how everything's going then. Absolutely. Anytime and my pleasure. I am very much looking forward to seeing the continued development of the wireless broadband access project here in Sullivan County, and we will circle back with Lorne as it moves forward. I think this project feels particularly exciting because it is an incredible example of what can happen when we step outside the policies and programs that are familiar to us and get creative with the resources that we really have right in front of us. As Lauren mentioned, most of the towers used for this program were already sitting there, and they were owned by the county. It makes me wonder what other innovations are at our fingertips waiting for us to grab on and be a leader for the rest of rural America. That's our show for today. Thank you again to Lauren Green of Sullivan County's Division of Information Technology Services for taking the time to chat, and as always, thank you for listening. I'm Leif Johansson, this is Close to Home, and you're listening to WJFF Radio Catskill. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.